0: Thank you
1: Nothing happened.
2: Whatever. This is nobody dance here. The <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we're back. Ah. Um, I'm so sorry. It's because I pushed like the wrong button. Mm. It's okay. There's it's no okay. wrong
1: button. Mm. There's just a choice of buttons. Okay. Um, sorry. Uh, it's
2: I'm a little rusty because the last time we had a podcast was July. Woo.
1: Ooh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Damn. Um. So my apologies. Uh, Mercury retrograde. Slacker. And uh, Donald Trump Which is what uh, we're going to talk about today uh, I'm your favorite host, Quentin And joining me on the dance floor uh, I got two of your best friends And a new person I want to introduce to you First, uh, lady of the night
1: Ooh <laughs>
2: Margaret
1: yeah. Oh my god, I am the opposite of a lady of the night Not even in Proud way it's okay. Yeah, thank you. Though
2: the walk of shame is still the same.
1: Ooh.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: so is the recovery. And. <laughs>
2: and cackling is your favorite. Daryl J Hunt. What up, though? <laughs> Hi, Daryl. Daryl. There we go. Why did I call you Daryl? I'm, I'm rusty. I'm rusty. I'm sorry. Um and uh one of my favorite people in the universe, Vinny. Hi. Let's hope Vinny's energy is up. <laughs> it's so up. Yeah. It's sky high.
1: Vinny's just holding back because he's really the lady of the night. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Twerking for dollars. Uh, Vinny has no more
2: Bony booty. All right. (laughs) So uh, it's been a while since we've done this, but we're going to tip the scale. And since we're talking about Donald Trump and impeachment and what's going on in the country, uh, we're going to tip the scale to on one side of the scale being Michelle Obama on the other side of the scale. Melania Trump, how has your summer and the first half of fall been? <laughs> Benny, why don't you go first? Uh, it's been pretty good. I mean, I feel like time is just a blur
4: and, you know, days come and go, but, you know, everything's pretty all right.
2: All right. Yeah. He's
1: so chill. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like Melania during a workout class. (laughs) Yes, I I sweat so much for my husband. I imagine that's like the only place she gets respite from this. Literally working out.
2: Yeah. Melania Trump doesn't even live in the White House. What? She has like a house in Virginia that she stays in that's close to uh, her son's school. But she only shows up when there's like photos and videos. Wait,
1: does, does he sleep in the White House? Yeah. Oh God! Everybody's sad. Mm.
3: Oh, that just but, oh. Melania has filled. I feel like she has filled. She's fulfilled her contractual agreement. She gave him <laughs> and a child. It's like the days of old, where the queen gives the king a child, and she gets a palace somewhere else, and she is done. I don't think he touches her at all. In He's any not of allowed special to. Places, I don't think so. Uh, Darrell,
2: on a scale of Melania Trump, sorry, yeah, Melania Trump yeah, to Michelle right. Obama. I thought I said Michelle, Michelle Trump at first. I was about to be like, "Ooh, podcast canceled.
0: I am
3: I I am at the place of Michelle Obama, but not present day Michelle Obama. Mm. I'm at the place like Michelle Obama right before they started softening her eyebrows. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh wow! Okay, so think back, think back. I'm I don't right want the, to think back to that th- time th- before. A slight, I didn't know that the habit. There's happened. a slight edge to my countenance these days. There's a slight edge to my disposition. Like the, like it used to be. Boom, cat on her right. brow. Then it. I think. I think she may have switched people. Uh-huh. Round it and out. They were like, "Girl, we are gonna smooth this out. You're going places. You are over. This administration's about, about to be over. We want you softer at the brow as you move through life. So that's where I am." Okay.
2: Okay. Yeah. Um, I got to stop pushing random buttons.
1: I am dead. <laughs> Where are your shit! I think you should keep pushing them. I am dead by that. What? Dead by what? I am dead by that eyebrows explanation. Okay. That's so real.
2: All right. Um, and In case you're wondering, I am Michelle Obama, the painting. Oh. Oh. Uh, I'm just, I'm in a calm place. Mm-hmm. I'm in a place of stillness. In a framed, good dress. Look Colorful, at me, Royal, but do not real. touch.
3: Are you in a good dress?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes. I love that dress. I wish I could see it in person, if it exists. Yeah, it does. So she actually wore the dress and the painter painted her in the
3: dress? Yeah, I think I've seen pictures of, the, of said dress, I think, but don't, I don't know, maybe.
2: What the? Anyway, Apple, get your shit together, because this isn't me.
3: Oh, okay. So now all of us. It's now. Steve
2: Jobs. Steve Jobs. What? Steve Jobs. It's fucking iPad. Anyway, so we're, so, we're talking about... Are uh, you going to ask me how I am?
1: I thought I did. I you to. did not. Oh.
2: <laughs> wait. Vinny, I started with you.
1: Yeah, we went right. we really reverse circle. But, wait. I've just been chiming in a lot.
2: Oh, look at you. Try and get the gold star. Okay. Uh, <laughs> on a scale of Michelle <laughs> Obama uh, to Melania Trump, how star are you? Gold day. All right.
1: I know where I am. <laughs> I am Michelle Obama in April of her senior year at Princeton. So I'm looking back. I'm looking (laughs) back on the shit show the last four years of my life. Everyone is working against me, including myself. But I can see the end of the tunnel. I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to one day I'm going to give really like just regal freaking I stoic comments about this time in my life where I'm going to say, look, look, it wasn't great, but I learned a lot. You know what I mean? I'm going to say do better, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where I'm at. Wicker I can chair. see graduation. I can see it yeah, in I your skin.
2: Look how porcelain <laughs> fucking clear her fucking skin
3: is. You're drinking a lot of water. And and you're remembering the fact that you told your prom date to stand behind you in the wicker chair? That's right. you sat down relaxing. It's, there's a difference. Oh. <laughs> it's a different level of power. Yeah. Ooh. Different All right.
2: Power. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Impeachment. What do, you, what do you guys think of that? How is it uh, affecting you? Are you able to sleep at night? Do you think it's going to happen? Give me the tea.
3: Um, I sleep well every night. Nothing really <laughs> negates my sleep except like, the change in season, but like worrying about shit, none of that really bothers me. Um, my The highlight of the entire impeachment process thus far, from the uttering of the first time anyone said the word, was actually Maxine Waters on the day that everyone was like making their statement she at 81 was sharper than everyone else in the room. Always. She hit the mic boom, 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 sis, boom, boom, this is the fuck we need to do. And everybody else got on the mic. This country, the founding fathers of this nation. And they wasted half of the time that they were given. She raced through it. She hit every point. She said everything that she wanted to say. She took a few seconds after, like she was supposed to, and she stormed off, like, and like, I don't know. If she like flung off a piece of paper, but like one of her pieces of paper like hit the floor, and she was like, "This is what we're doing!" Boom, eighty-one, sharper than everyone else in the room. I loved it. Interesting.
1: Yeah, that's right,
2: Vinny. It's a podcast. <laughs> you can't just nod your head. When you nod your head, everyone no stops one, talking to no listen to you. Can see the head. nobody can see you nod your head. So, uh,
4: I think that there's a lot of controversies, obviously, around everything that's going on in the political world and i think he's probably gonna get away with everything and then after his you know presidential run is over then he'll probably uh-huh. you know face the
2: consequences but wait so like you think he's gonna serve all eight years and then i face don't think conse- all eight years i mean hopefully not okay but, but you think he's gonna suffer consequences afterwards,
4: afterwards. After ooh, yeah. i just don't think that uh i mean Yeah, I just don't see it like completely coming to that point. So you don't think he's gonna
2: get impeached?
4: I don't think he's I think he's gonna get away with it. I think he's gonna serve whatever you know, hopefully it's just what is four years. No.
2: What do you mean? Let's hope he doesn't get another four years. Okay. So you're saying that he's gonna serve his first term. Yeah. And then after his first term, he'll suffer the consequences. Yes. That's what you think. Yeah. Okay. He's gonna finish out
4: this this term. Uh-huh. And then hopefully not win. And then I think afterwards, maybe a year
2: or two down the line, everything will finally come out. But Damn. Uh,
1: that's interesting. I, I It's do- all
2: wait, hold on. It's always the quiet motherfuckers that got the most insight or that one perspective mm-hmm. that you're just like, whoop. He's quiet because he thinks.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I think That's interesting what you're saying about like, okay, no one's going to do anything now. I do think we might have a swing toward like a moral reckoning as a country where I think like, I do think it's possible that Donald Trump would have less opportunities after the presidency and that people might be like less willing to give him opportunities. I don't think he will be impeached by the Senate. I do think it's possible that some things coming out of this, these like impeachment proceedings might lead to voters being less likely to vote for him. But I think that that is such an uphill battle. And mm-hmm. I don't know what media mm-hmm. these people are going to be consuming that's going to be packaged in a way that's actually going to convince them of that. Like, I don't think the Trump voters are unconvincible. I just think it is it is extremely difficult. Like, if the things that have come out so far in the impeachment proceedings are not enough for them, it's hard to imagine what will be. So I'm saying. There's no—he
4: he, he won— Like, that's it. Like, they think everyone has picked their sides, and Uh it's just a matter
2: of watching it play out. I think that if we have people, conservative, I'm going to call them celebrities, but they they work, and they may be politicians, or they may be, like, you know, talking heads or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I think that we have a lot of, sorry, we don't have enough conservative voices talking against Donald Trump and I think the most powerful person that could actually could have actually converted conservatives into anti-Trump people would have been Megan McCain but mm. Megan McCain keeps tying it to the fact that Ugh. her father passed away and Trump disrespected her father so anytime she says anything anti-Trump everyone defaults to well he insulted he you his father and you know what I'm saying like it's yeah. always comes down it, to it, the
3: father it, first, first of all I would really rather chew and shit out glass <laughs> than endure the majority of her conversation I cannot stand the majority of the shit that falls out of her mouth I cannot stand the fact that she is so disrespectful to women that are old enough to be her mother almost grandma as disrespectful as she is to joy and Whoopi and stuff like that I I, I um, for me, I don't have any expectation that anything will go well for the people. Um, American- I love when Whoopi yeah.
2: checks her though.
1: Wait, that's actually a really interesting point because I think like, Megan McCain is actually not dissimilar to like Republican senators right now mm-hmm. when we're thinking about because like impeachment's gonna is passed is gonna be Past the House right, and it's like up to Republican senators to decide mm-hmm. whether they will be voting for impeachment or not, mm-hmm. and they are like the Megan McCains of politics. Like they just default on like talking point moralities but they're still conservative they're still disrespectful they're still
3: I mean you you look at the day when everyone was giving their statement that's why I said Maxine Waters was the most clear everyone else was giving this flowery ass bullshit ass founding father yada yada and me as a black man looking at at a politician referencing the founding fathers and what they stood for, that gives me absolutely no fucking hope yeah. that anything will ever work for me because I wasn't a human being. I didn't have a right to vote. Yeah. And it should also be a threat to poor white men and women because you didn't have any rights during that period. Right, either. but you
2: know, poor white men and women were told
3: that they were still better than black people. Be, so be, because that was that was a point of control for right, them. Right, exactly. Yeah. The, the same thing that was fed to poor white people in America was fed to the debtors and the the uh, felons of England when they were starting Australia. So they said, you might you ain't shit to us, but you still better than the indigenous Aboriginal people of Australia. Because so they it, didn't it, want
2: them to team up with those people to try to overthrow them.
3: Of course. I mean, and the same thing goes in America. My grandmother is 88, Damn. and still to this day she says, um, a cracker with a nickel cannot stand a nigga with a dime. So yeah. there's still, oh. like, like everybody now talking about the situation with Watchmen. The first episode started with a uh, reenactment of the destruction of um, Black Wall Street in Tulsa. Mm-hmm.
2: Wait, can we even? Oh, wow. Because I knew about Black Wall Street of it, but I didn't know where it took place. I didn't know like I had no...
1: Tulsa, Oklahoma? I had no
2: realistic... View of Black Wall Street, like I didn't get it, and it wasn't until I saw that opening of Watchmen where I was like, Wait, they had a whole city, situ- it wasn't just like yeah, a bank, mm-hmm. it was like a whole town that was right, prospering. Yeah. It, 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 was,
3: they- it wasn't just Tulsa, it was cities all over America where Black people were prosperous, like after the war, stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm from Greensboro, North Carolina, and after integration happened, after the sit-in movements um, that kind of got their swing. Like, it wasn't the first sit-in movement in February 1st, 1960 at, when students from my alma mater went to start the sit in Greensboro. When the city integrated, white businessmen moved their stores to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And then what they also did is change the building codes. They changed all kinds of laws to negate the um, business license so they would say your sign yeah. needs to be five feet above mm. the door your store needs mm-hmm. to be ten more feet away from the curb or, the, or away from the street to keep people safe so if you couldn't upgrade your building right. they would take your business license yeah. so what did that do that put the black dollar right back into white neighborhoods yeah. so what Tulsa had my my hometown was similar to that my, uh-huh. my grandmother said if you want to get your hair done movie theater taxi cab grocery store dry cleaners barbershop auto mechanic for every white store there was a black store so Mm -hmm. they decided okay we're going to take them down through red tape bureaucracy systemic yeah yeah yeah. but just like in north carolina eastern north carolina it was a i can't remember the name of the city black people were prosperous right someone was accused of rape whole Mm -hmm. city raised and burned to the ground so that and this is but not just just i mean it was like actual like they were coming
2: in shooting up the place blowing up shit like killing people.
3: Yes, this this is what happened, Bronx and, is and, burning. and people don't thing.
2: know that.
3: No, pe- people don't know because nobody yeah. is nobody is taught that. The general- you, wait,
2: you said Bronx is burning. I'm
3: sorry. Yeah. What
4: what is that? So I mean, it was like the whole period where the Bronx is burning is because the city yeah. cut off uh, the fire department. Uh, access to the neighborhood because they were like, "Oh, there's a bunch of black people living here, and we want to raise it up. We want white people living there instead." So they let and the, the whole Bronx?
2: yeah, well, yes.
4: that, they let they let the whole neighborhood. What year think, was this? Eighties, I believe. Nineties
1: nineteen
4: eighties, nineteen nineties. Damn. That's I mean, and, and and then reason- it was
3: it, it was the years before that where yeah. the Bronx yeah. was dilapidated, riots burning and stuff like that. And there are still areas in the Bronx. And they're now. like,
4: we're not gonna supply like uh you know, like we're not gonna but renovate, we're not gonna the rebuild not gonna fund anything. Like no police, no fire department, like nothing.
3: Whoa. So, right. So so all of this leads me to believe that I don't Ugh. need to set any... expect. for a second. <laughs> I don't need to believe any expectation... I don't need to have any expectation mm-hmm. for things to go right with Trump. I don't have any expectation yeah. for, thi- for things to yeah. go right with capitalism. I don't have any expectation for things to go right with general curriculum, specialist building. Well, nothing can go right with capitalism. It's, right, but, but, but I'm saying, as far as like us, what do we think will happen with Trump? Yeah. I don't have enough energy or life hours to... <laughs> to give yeah, any right. to give any hope to Trump. The only reason many of the people in the like coal mining area in those industries are now against Trump is because he didn't keep his word right. to them specifically. Yeah. Yeah. So they're like, you didn't support me, so now I'm not voting for right. you. Fuck everybody else who was getting fucked over before you got into office. Mm-hmm. One of, listen, a, a friend of mine said, oh my God, you're so cruel. One of the things that I laughed at was the people in the coal mining areas where he said I'm going to re- I'm going to restore your industry and they voted for Trump and, and, they cut, and he cut their health in- yeah, insurance of course he he, he cut pension for yeah. um, uh, spouses that were receiving like the retirement benefit from mm-hmm. the husband that died from working in mills and shit like that to die mm-hmm. from what is that blue lung black lung or whatever mm-hmm. so I was like that's what the fuck you get and that is the end product of ignorance if you teach people listen you you're better than them just because you're white Mm i mean it's 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 none of american history allows me to be optimistic about trump in any way i literally hope on a daily basis not that anyone does anything to him but on a daily basis i wake up and i hope that cnn reads Donald Trump died in his sleep last night. That is what the fuck I look for every fucking day. And everybody that thinks like him can die in their sleep too. So that's my perspective on Trump in another term or whatever.
2: That's a hot take. Hot take. Um, None of us are Russian. None of us are um, affiliated with, uh, you know, just the case. (laughs) I'm married to an immigrant. Um, But even with that, (laughs) let me tell you some (laughs) fuck shit with that. So, I'm married uh, to a man from France. He is a French citizen. He uh, literally came across the pond uh, to marry me. Uh, Um, uh. He was on a quest for. uh, Because you got
3: that good. uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Okay, anyway. Um, But long story short, uh, when you marry someone who's. When you're an American living in America and you want to marry someone who is an American you have to go through this really funny like process like in the proposal like of proving <laughs> <Something> that <Larry. laughs> of proving that you know your marriage is real so they can uh, potentially become a citizen if they want or whatever but more importantly so they can stay in the country it's called a, a spousal visa or whatever yeah mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. and it's a step towards him getting a green card So we went through the process, we went through the interview, you know, we had to show pictures from the wedding and the planning and stuff like that, and he was Mm -hmm. asking us questions about, you know, tell me something about his mother, tell me something about, you know, the school he went to, like, you know, pop quiz, and then, like, okay, you guys know each other, you guys are not obviously a couple, whatever. So it's been a few years since we did that, we keep getting these letters in the mail, and the letters are like... Oh, we, here's a list of everything you've provided, but we still need additional stuff, and it's very obvious that the 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 letter is a template, like an yeah, automated template, yeah. because mm-hmm. the way it's structured, it's like here's what you submitted, and then it's like an entire page of like because we oversent shit, like we yeah just, yeah, and then it was asking for more stuff, and me and my husband looked at it and was like. I don't even know if it's worth the effort. Like, <laughs> yeah. do we want to stay here? Is it worth it? They really act like yeah. we're fighting the, the, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. with my student loan information, I would love a reason not to live uh, in this goddamn country. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm like, <laughs> who's, who will who, 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 voluntarily go to the office and be like, fuck you guys, here's your letter, Uh, we're headed to Toe <laughs> I mean, not O'Hare. Uh, Laguardia. I'm JFK. so out of it. JFK, JFA, JFK you'll take disappear. you everywhere. JFK. JFK
1: you'll get a five hour delay and sleep on the floor. <laughs> okay, I mean, live that's on right. the floor, not that's even right. carpet. I've yeah. slept on the floor in O'Hare. Anybody but like, else?
2: You know, he. My husband was asking Lady his of the friends. Night. <laughs> that's right. Was like, oh, like, what was your process like, stuff like that? Like, no, we just had that one interview and had submitted submit it and then that was done in it so like the fact that we are what experiencing this? like this mm-hmm. new shit it's kind of like yeah because you know the uh immigration and ice and stuff like that like they have no control over them now because mm-hmm. trump is like do whatever you want so yeah. if it comes to like you know oh, you gotta give us your blood like i especially with my husband's attitude problem he's gonna be like fuck you guys
1: yeah, mm-hmm. well that makes sense. It's invasive. It that that yeah. it's contrary to like it's it's contrary to like the uh, American dream and like the idea of our republic as it was founded which of course not founded for everyone mm-hmm. for literally founded for 20% of people right Yeah, right. but it, it, it is contrary to like what we think of as w- why you would choose to live in America like mm-hmm. why you would choose to live in this like capitalist republic with a constitution like no other mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to deal with shit like that yeah. It just
2: doesn't I don't know it, just, it was really like the first time I actually gave serious thought to not living in America yeah weird because for the longest time I was like, I don't know if you want," because I am American and I like living here and I don't like French TV. So good luck with that. We're gonna have to do <laughs> long distance. You keep talking to me crazy, like now I'm like, oh, we'll, we'll be packing? So we can Airbnb this place and like get the fuck out." <laughs> work
1: on idea. the the best French TV show possible. And
3: and and there, I I always think about um.
1: Is it really bad?
2: Actually, let me shut up. There have been <laughs> some really good shows coming from France mm, that okay. I've seen on mm-hmm. Netflix. They're like really, really, really good. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's one show called Osmosis.
3: I think I've seen that. Like, you gotta watch me. it.
2: It is me. bizarre as fuck, that's but so, business. so good. Um, that's definitely a bingeable show. But um, there are since... It, my problem, more so, has it been with like French TV because I obviously I'm not like a twenty four seven French speaker. Yeah, yeah. It's more so with like European
1: culture. T- like, like, I guess
2: like English TV.
1: Oh, <laughs> it's oh, not my favorite. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I don't know, but that's. I mean, it's funny because I'll whenever I go to France and the the news is on, you'll see like something, something, something Trump, and then they're yeah. talking, and all the panelists are just like. On one note, it's like Trump represents America's ego. And so when you think of a stereotypical American to them, this is what they have in their head. Like all the bullshit that Trump is. But on the same note, when you think about what America has been advertised as, to especially immigrants that are coming into the country, they just don't understand how a country with two... I mean... It's a duality. They just they just don't
3: they don't understand yeah. it.
1: I mean, and, we're holding multiple truths at once, which is difficult for anyone.
3: Yeah, I mean I the, the, thing, the yeah, thing the well, thing yeah. the thing with me with Trump, the only thing that I appreciate is Trump said, fuck respectability politics. If I want to say offensive shit, I'm gonna say offensive shit. And what Trump helped us see, it Trump helped us see the Klansman in the business
1: suit.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: That's that's, right. that's the only thing I appreciate. From and he brought out the races.
2: We the ones been. that like yeah. talk about it at in, you know, in the kitchen table, the ones that, you know, keep it a month, you know, family mm-hmm. or whatever.
3: And and then and then they dragged out uh uh the grandma and the uncle and the derelict cousin. They dragged all of these people out yeah. to vote. Voter registration went up in so many areas. They dragged these people out to make sure we voted because we gotta we gotta keep us a white man in office. Like I I'm from North Carolina and one of the highest admitted enrollments of like the Klan mm-hmm. is eastern north carolina
1: wow Mm-mm.
3: you know so i'm i'm glad they said i've always said i would love to live next door to the Klansmen. not particularly next door but if you're going to wear your hood Great. Yeah. I don't hide it. Yeah. And that's Ca- why I say, call don't call hide me a it. nigga at the mailbox so I yes. know how to fucking deal with you. Yes. Don't say hi. How are you? Would you like to come over for Thanksgiving dinner? And then somebody slip up and call mm-hmm. you a nigga at dinner. No. Be who the fuck you are. Like yeah, exactly. I, I can respect anybody if you. Not respect. I can deal with you if I know who you are. Like I, I don't. I don't like secret bitches. Like be a bitch at the front door.
1: Well, that that that's what that's you trying how... to say,
3: Dorel?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Do you bitch be- now? <laughs> <laughs> I open that door with a smile on my face. Yeah.
1: Anyway well like cloaked uh cloaked depression is so dangerous because we can't see it, we can't label it we can't combat it you're gaslit and but here's what's fucked up
2: when we do see it and we try to call it out all of a sudden no i'm not racist don't call me names Uh it's not fair blah blah blah, blah. and i'm just like and i i I have gotten to the point where i'm not doing any more fucking arguments you want to be immature and childish there are now things i have access to like attorneys and laws and shit like yeah. that, mm-hmm. that if I feel compelled to use it, I'm gonna use it. And if you're not worth my time, I'm not gonna use it. Like I have a current situation that I can't really talk about right at the moment, but it's, I was made to feel a certain way. And I was just like, you know what? I got some for you guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. You know. And it's amazing that you know that those resources exist. And, that, and, yeah. that, and
3: that's the issue with privilege or the yeah. lack thereof. Some people don't know that they have a recourse with whatever within their situation right. they just sit there
1: and take it yeah like they just or they it. yeah or they know that it exists but they're like well that that would never work for me right that would never work I've never seen someone successfully go through these avenues why would right. it ever work for me yep. it's mm-hmm. just gonna leave me worse than where I started so why would I try it yeah yep.
3: so, so and and that's what that's what the desire that's What the design of the system is to wear yeah. people out mm-hmm. to make them tired to the point where they just fucking take it,
2: yeah. Um, I mean, I've had so many conversations with my friends because we've uh had uh just like these really deep conversations about us trying to fit us as people of color trying to fit into what we would call like white spaces, mm-hmm. like when you're the only black person at a job or something like that, it's mm-hmm. like. Ye, for, I know for me I was made even by my family I was made to feel like success meant that I would be in these white spaces Yep, oh, the, um, productive. Mm-hmm. Nobody really mm-hmm. told me or even gave me the idea of doing things for the people with people and stuff like that. It was more or less quitting, get out of the hood you know yeah. and getting out of the hood meant you know assimilate with
3: white, white culture yeah. or whatever
1: success is that space yeah I mean yeah, in that space
3: it, 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 it's it's the conversation that I've had with many of my friends about the storyline of uh, Erasing the Sun mm. I'm with Walter Lee open a fucking business mm. in an area where people look like you mm-hmm who the fuck wants to go buy a house in a neighborhood and who wants to go live where people don't accept you? That's the same problem I have with um, the Netflix series Dear White People.
2: I, I couldn't sit
3: there. I, it. I, I don't give a fuck about that show. Firstly, let me say, as an actor and artist, I appreciate everybody that is earning their coin, making their money on that show. But Love ulti- that. But ultimately, I don't give a fuck about black people in an Ivy League environment complaining about them not accepting you withdraw and go to fuck somewhere else you do you want to be the martyr for this entire like organization like do you want to strap it do you one black student or a group of black students do you want to strap it on your back to make this complete institution change And you're going through all this mental stress. You're aging yourself. Your GPA is slipping. You make a bad relationship decision. And it's all rooted around, is your brown skin going to be accepted in this white environment? I do not care. I have a complete complete bias because all of my learning environments have been black.
2: And I'm so jealous of that because I was made to feel that that wasn't an option for me, but also that because I was already involved in what I thought was like, guess normal stuff i mean i I, i'm from i was raised in nashville and i don't know i feel like nashville i'm starting to realize that my experience in nashville wasn't necessarily a true reflection of what it's like to be black in the south because nashville for the longest period of time even more so now was almost like the new york of the south Uh, like a lot of international business comes oh, yeah, in and yeah, out yeah. of it's, a major, like, it's it's a major like, southern
1: city yeah, yeah it's like how new orleans is to the rest of and Louisiana. so it's different
2: it's like atlanta to georgia when yeah. i tell people yeah. yeah i didn't experience real racism until i moved to chicago people are like wait what you're from nashville or i would say like yeah i went to like an international school like i had asian friends white friends. like i mm-hmm. but i was also exposed to so much culture like i was yeah. eating sushi sophomore year and give my mom like panic attacks because she thought I was going to have like a tapeworm from eating raw fish like
3: you you, You know
2: it's just
1: well I'm really thinking about this idea of like all right so I I think that this is a conversation that people have in Ivy League institutions like quite frequently now is like what does it mean to set up a student for success in this space Mm -hmm. like if there's no representation in that space are you setting up a student for success for having them be there no It, it is really tough yes no is the answer but it is also something there there was a lot of privilege to make that decision for a student Mm -hmm. and i think it's really important to let students make that choice for themselves Mm -hmm. hopefully with enough like with enough education about what it might be like for them to make that in the best way for themselves but it is really dicey when we start like making those decisions for young students i used don't you think
2: i used to do consulting work for two ivy league universities and I ultimately terminate. I to terminate my contracts because, even though I was doing well and making a good a good dollar, a good quint, as Dorel would say, mm-hmm. um, it was just like it was this atmosphere of weirdness that I couldn't. It was almost like I was. I would try to go in to do work, and I couldn't do the work because I was so distracted yeah. by mm-hmm. the microaggressions, um, like. The kind of like the ease that some of the people had, like, it, you know, so, they, it, yeah. it was almost like if you're a white male, you can make any mistake that you want and you're clear for it. Mm-hmm. But if, I, at, first of all, I was given multiple restrictions, mm-hmm. like, even to the point where it's like they were trying to tell, me, I mean, they were telling the group, but they were trying to impose like a dress code, Uh, mm-hmm. you can only go through this door, like, st- and I'm just like, I am a very accomplished person, and it's actually a gift that I'm even fucking here. That's right. And you want me to take a fucking service elevator in practically a suit that I don't need to be wearing because I'm, you know, I'm working in, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. like.
3: So, 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 with that, flip that to a 19-year-old kid that Uh just left his mom and daddy's house. Exactly. And they're in this this learning environment and you're being treated that way. And then also look at how you said your family was like, get out of the hood. For me, I don't give a fuck about the Ivy League as far as like an aspiration for anyone. Mm -hmm. Good schools are good schools. I have worked with people who have graduated from Ivy League institutions and you understand, oh, you probably got a gentleman C. Oh, you're probably a benefit of grade inflation. Oh, you're a legacy graduate of that university because you have zero fucking skills to make it in the real world, and I was telling another another person another person I was dealing with on social media I deal with a lot of nincompoops poops. I said and this- poops. Yeah, and this and this mm-hmm. this person was black like me, and they were talking about well, I want my kid to go to like the best school to set them. Up. I want them to have Ivy League on their resume, yada yada. I said, honey, if your stu- if your child has a professor that is above a certain age, that means they went to school during the period of segregation. So what the fuck do you think they went to school? They went to an HBCU. So how is it that they are now, that like HBCUs are now incapable of giving black students or people of color a, like, a chance or a good shot of preparing them for the world?
1: Yes, this is something that I think is really important, and that is that as we progress as a society, this does not mean that there needs to be an elimination of... Uh, spaces for certain marginalized groups. I think this is like one of the most important conversations in education right now. Is that like uh, HBCUs, women's colleges, Mm -hmm. other spaces for other marginalized folk, more important now than ever. And like that's where like the best, the best academia is coming out of places that are the most inclusive Mm -hmm. and the ones that are grappling with all of these things, the best because there's actual diverse perspectives there. And like having having space like an HBCU or a women's college does not mean that the student's experience is going to be limited there that they're right. not exposed to the real world it means that they're actually even more aware of the landscape of the world and they're given the language to talk about these things and and and,
3: and, and you one, one of the major benefits that I had of having professors that looked like me mm-hmm. who had been through the journey mm-hmm. they were able to prepare me for the world that's right based upon how I look you know I've, I've, I've always been taught how I should feel at home and i have Ooh. i have always been taught how the world is going to try to negate that or combat that so when mm. i like i i was taught as a kid don't let don't let white people pat you on the head it's, oh, not, yeah. it's, it's not a compliment when they say mm-hmm. you speak so well or you dress so mm-hmm. nicely Micro-aggression. So, mm-hmm. so when I went to in fifth grade my teacher I was 10 years old she told me she said you speak so well you told
2: this story before yeah I yeah. said
3: I know what that means don't ever say that to me again I said you don't say it to any of my classmates don't say that to me again Yeah, and she got really like Kind of pale, and she kind of like just. But oh, also,
2: she wouldn't say if I'm the only person you would say that to. Don't say it.
3: Yeah. No, but 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 again, I if have, we don't know each other, don't no, say it. Right. Okay. But I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day um, about this uh, Robert Crawford book situation, and a comment that he made was rooted in homophobia. It wasn't metered out from a hand that was malevolent or violent, but his perception was still rooted in homophobia. He was saying, "Why would she talk about anything that was private?" I said, well that mm. was her life. She wasn't Whitney's limo driver. She didn't do her hair oh, every two yeah, weeks. Yeah. She was mm-hmm. they, they had a certain level of intimacy. Whether or not we were there in the room knowing what they did from the videos and from the conversation, they had a certain level of intimacy. So if you and I were together for five years, we split up. I'm 60 years old and I want to write a book. I can talk about my life with you. I need to do it from a place of respect and dignity. And a lot of people don't understand the difference between something that is like just regular personal information, like sexuality, and something that's private, like what y'all did in the back of the limo last Friday. Yeah. Mm. You know, so, so there. There are so many ways that things have to be handled, and the more information you have rooted in like history, the the truth of human behavior, social groups, religious, the, the, more information you have, the more you're well able to settle yeah, but settle into conversations. Also, because conversation.
2: I just want to tie this back in. I think what we saw with Donald Trump winning that election was that a lot of people who thought that they were educated on sociology and hist American history assuming that oh we just had a black president so we're gonna you know keep it going with hillary or whatever there was like there was this wake-up call and what i'm wondering is like how many white people who experienced that wake-up call that was like shit i thought we were better than that what are they i'm curious to know what they're doing individually to kind of remedy that like or are they stuck in the place of, like, I don't understand racism because it was never taught to me? Especially because if you're not going mm-hmm. to a special, not a special, but like an HBCU or a, a school for inclusive. A, yeah. an inclusive school, that those topics, you can dodge them and never have to deal with them. I went to a school that I'm going to, it wasn't like, when, when I'm learning about inclusivity now in uh, corporate America, is things that I wish was being taught mm. while I was on campus. Because while I was on yeah. campus, I experienced things that, honestly, I could be a fucking multimillionaire with everything that I went through yeah. in college. It, just like, oh, yeah. you did that? That's a lawsuit, you get what I'm yeah. saying? And I have, uh, it's just, it is it is beyond weird right now to be in a position where I have options. Because when I was, you know, the. The black kid in theater class and stuff like that, and professors were telling me, "Oh, you know, you will never play a lead unless you know it takes place in the prison. You could be like the the smart guy in the yeah. prison." I'm thinking to myself, "What the fuck?" And like yeah. that kept happening, and I developed anger problems as a result, mm-hmm. and it just got worse and worse and worse until I started seeing a therapist, and it wasn't until I had a therapist in front of me saying. Quentin, that's not normal. You've never dealt with that. Right. Like
1: Yeah, and you were given that language from yeah. that therapist. Yeah. And that language can be part of academia. Yeah. And yes. that happens. That yeah. happens at schools that are attuned to these things. Schools that are specifically programmed for marginalized groups have mm-hmm. this kind of stuff they part do. of academia. And then they you do. have the language to speak on your experience. Right. And yeah. words are powerful.
3: Yeah. Um,
2: Vinny, if you don't say anything, I'm about to drop kick you. Uh-huh. I'm gonna just chime in. Don't worry. No, it's the podcast is
3: almost over, dude. Oh, it just started. <laughs> the, no. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'll, I'll I'll take Vinny's moment. Take I, it. I take it. He's white. It's fine. Again, <laughs> uh, again I I don't I don't have alley-oop. I don't have much hope that from the grassroots place that all of this work. Will get done. I I can only celebrate when I see it sporadically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was I was my. I recently turned forty. Woof, and a, and a, and a forty fr- where
1: milestone? Uh-uh. Asshole.
3: Moisturized. Um, a friend of mine. Uh, his birthday is the day before mine. So his husband did a big brunch for us. And mm. um, his husband is West Indian, and their brother. His brother was there. And we were talking about situation in our communities and our environments and stuff. And he said, well, what can we, what do we need to do? I said, well, the question doesn't need to be posed in like a monolithic manner. I said, ultimately, what we can do is not die out while we're doing good shit. Mm -hmm. I to quote like the script don't be weary in well-doing whatever you're doing if you're helping the person next to you like keep that going i always say i can't kick trump out of the white house right now but i can be peaceful to the person sitting next to me on the train mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, you, you know what i'm saying if, if i yeah. see a, if i see a woman you gotta who's build pregnant,
4: big on small wins yeah if yes. i if
3: i see a woman that's pregnant or an older person or a person on a crutch i can get my big healthy ass up and and you better use those and, legs, yeah, with camel legs. I and, hate you. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so right now, I like I'd, I don't have anything to suggest with people other than educate yourself. Yeah, learn about the people around you that are different. Yeah, and don't give them the task of educating you or. D- yeah, that's but why great. isn't this taught in fucking college? That be, seems like the perfect be, time be, to be, teach it. Because America is the extension of a monarchy. And uh, a, a monarchies do not value the people. Oh damn! So, so, so you learn all this in college. Yeah. <laughs> See,
1: here's what I, here's here's. Well, I can offer like a, a semi optimistic lens to this because like I, when my professional capacity, I work with like colleges that do do this, and I like go to a lot of high schools that actually like have. I don't know. Like there there are courses caught taught in some high schools now that would literally like blow your mind with, like, what they're doing with, like, interdisciplinary education. Like, like looking at, like, U.S. history, like, within, like, the, like the lens of slavery and, like, teaching mm-hmm. things in high school that, like, are normally omitted from a high school curriculum. Mm-hmm. Or, like, just, like, thinking about, like, in, like, some higher level, like, English classes sometimes in high schools now. Like, I'll see, like, really diverse authors as part of the curriculum. Yeah. That doesn't mm-hmm. happen in most high schools and it, it doesn't even happen in most colleges. And that is part of it now. And I do think younger generations of Americans specifically are more aware what they want to do with that. I don't know, but like at least they're being exposed to like more diversity within academia. And that just intersects with talking about social issues more. I think. But
2: in France, I know this because my uh, husband, well, my husband's French, but also um, he, uh, he's a history teacher. They actually made laws that said you can't, misrepresent the history of France. Ooh. You gotta teach them the fucked up shit we did in addition to our, you know, whatever mm-hmm. our victories are, but the students need to know what how we got to this point.
1: Oh, well, we don't right, have that. Right, in the but US. we, we, we <laughs> live we live in a nation where the buck yeah. is passed mm-hmm.
3: all the time. Well who's gonna regulate that? Well who says this has to be re- who says this has to be printed. I recently was talking to some people, I was tagged in a post well, not recently, like a few months back. Um, and someone said, Darrell, tag me, ha- one of my classmates, have you seen this? So there's a book by an author, I can't remember his name, but it's uh, written about like integration and the civil rights movement, stuff like that. And it the book is printed by Duke University Press. So in the post, there are two pictures that show misinformation that was actually printed in the book. It says the Greensboro sit-in movement. The first date was February 1st, 1964. It was 1960. The second, like maybe two paragraphs down, it said students from UNCG started the sit-ins. It was North Carolina A&T. So on the thread, people were the majority of us were black, they were like, see, they never tell our stories. right don't why they do us like I said, has anyone called Duke University mm, yeah. Press? I, I, I said you I said, hold on. I Googled Duke University Press. I called the office. I said, hello, my name is Darrell J. Hunt. I am a Greensboro, North Carolina native. You know, when he says that. I am. <laughs> I said, I said I, and I, I I, literally ran everything down. I said, I am, a, I am a graduate of North Carolina A&T. I said, I am also a former employee. I worked as a docent and an administrative assistant at the Civil Rights Museum in Greensboro. I said, you all published a book. I read it all out. I yeah. said, on page so-and-so, so-and-so, the like, second and fourth paragraph, yeah. you printed incorrect information. I said, are you all aware of this? Wow. The person placed me on hold. But he's like, well, yeah, our public relations department is aware of this, and we're working on it. Would you like to be added to the email list to be updated on change? Oh, said, that's nice. Yeah, it was nice. I said, no, I don't want to go through that right sure. now. I said, we the people will give you all the opportunity to do the right thing. I said, I'll call you guys back later. I went back to the thread. I said, this is the number to Duke University Press. Use your voice and use your power. Mm-hmm. The energy that they were spending, mashing their thumbs into their yeah. phones, oh, could have God. been spent Wasted. calling Duke University City Press a reputable what, a, a reputable publishing yeah. company That's, and, but but again uh, uh, but again a lot of people don't know because yes. no one walked them through that process or no one gave them that power to say if this happens you do this if that happens you go there a lot of people just sit and gripe and gripe and gripe and you can't blame them because the system is so hard i tell people all the time oppressed people have not squandered a land of milk and honey they have fought tooth and nail yep. every
2: yep. day to get ahead yep. And I hate to keep referencing France, but listen France,
3: you got to. <laughs>
1: Are you gonna try to get us to buy in on a timeshare in France? Yeah, fuck no. This is why the podcast. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> fuck that. Anyway, <laughs> France ain't all
2: that. Um, <sighs> fuck, I'm listen still listen mad
1: at
3: France for how they let Josephine Baker go out. Listen.
2: Um. How about, so remember the women's march, that the first one after Trump oh, won? Oh, I remember yes. that. So <laughs> my husband, you know, made a big deal about making sure he was going to go to that. He mm-hmm. went, came back. I'm thinking, oh, did you have fun? Like, how was it? I did have fun. What you both do with me? I'm like, wait, why are you so pissy? He was mm-hmm. mad that people brought the kids there. He was mad to see people with Starbucks cups, like just taking selfies and shit. Like he was mad. And I was like. Why? It's like a day in history. Like the women are, you know, like, they're, they're, you know, I was in a celebratory mood. He's mm-hmm. like, Americans do not understand protests. Yeah. Like nope. you do not get it. In France. And I looked it up. He was not lying. When a group of people are like, fuck the establishment. They take that shit next level. It's violent. Mm-hmm. The things are uh, destroyed. Like, and these are like, people who, I mean, they're white, they're middle class, upper middle class. Like they, yeah. do
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah, wait, this is so funny. So I went to the, the first Women's March when I was still living in New Orleans. Uh-huh. And um, I would describe that uh, Women's March somewhere between like Fat Tuesday during Mardi Gras and mm. like uh, someone's wedding. Uh, it mm. was like, people were like, twerking on top of like uh, shopping carts. Yeah. he says, and So like yeah. it was oh. very it was like a, a fuck you in the way of like we're going to celebrate. But that's also just like a, a New Orleans thing. But yeah. like but it so I do I think that's a valid way of protesting. But the, yeah I mean my, everyone's my,
3: afraid. Yeah. My, my only thing my only thing with that is once you have done all that, once you've done the shopping cart, you got people's attention and they give you the moment to sit on at the table, are your grievances listed? What do you want? Yeah. After, after you yeah. have their attention, after space at the table has been made for you, what do you want to bring about? Yeah. Or, or you do you just want to in that moment be free? Because at that point, it's not ultimately like activism or revolt or revolution. It's cathartic.
2: Yeah. But it's yeah, also... Yeah, that is cathartic. You're just, right. It's like... He kept saying... Which is a good thing. Yeah. Is, oh, yeah, yeah. we need it. Yeah. He yeah. kept saying that the reason why Trump is going to... He really believes Trump is going to get really elected. And the reason why he believes it is because we as Americans aren't willing to go that extra mile to make sure he gets out of office. Yeah. Like, we have not...
1: Well, collect- who, do we lazy. Or- who do we and, organize around, though? Right, like, and,
3: it's really right, hard. And, and, then at, and then at the same time, because we are rooted in capitalism and everybody has to pay rent. Yes, Everybody has exactly. to buy a loaf of bread. Yeah. It's so hard to get people to say, what are we going to agree on? Well, what's good for But them? also, it's a privilege
2: to be able to protest and boycott things yeah. in some situations. Like, I know uh, when... I Like, I can say, I don't even fuck, because I'll never work with Equinox. And I've said that Equinox is a fucked up company since, like, 2004, but nobody wanted to believe me. Anyway, mm-hmm. I can say I will never work at Equinox. I can say I would never have a gym membership at Equinox. Like, fuck Equinox. I left
3: left Blink and moved to New York um,
2: Like, But I've met people who are on that like, oh, don't, you know, don't do this, don't do that. I'm like, wait, but you still work out at Equinox. Oh, well, I already paid my... I was like, yeah, but like, Part of the boycott is that you send the message like, even though yeah. this is affect this will affect me negatively, I'm really passionate enough about this to discontinue my relationship with you. Yeah. Like even if it hurts me. Do you get right, what I'm saying? Right, like right. I don't right. understand that I'm finding that it's it's black and white people I'm finding, but usually um, like unless like I've had I, I even have friends that work at Equinox and they're like well you know I would love to be able to, I would love to quit but like I can't because I, you know I'm a struggling actor da, da. it's like
3: ah like no, no but, but but that's a real thing like I would love to like demonstrate and work and, and be outside of New York but who's gonna pay my rent yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying so I don't give them that much of a hard time because it is hard in New York for as an actor singer myself it's hard to figure out a gig that has flexibility for you to be an artist, but also pays the baseline of like your income and stuff like that. So sometimes it is hard.
2: Because, but because do you I think th- that capitalism is perfectly set up in a way that yes. we as the working people are stuck
0: yes.
1: Yes. to the point where yes. we can't? They've Absolutely. been Because
2: up. Yes. France
3: will literally
1: sell that timeshare, baby. I mean. Yeah.
3: No, no, but, but, but I'm saying it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. I talk to people, artists, students who want to transition to New York, and I tell them all the time, if you can work two jobs and make it in Boise, Idaho, you can fucking make it in New York with two jobs. It just depends on what is important to you. For me, I don't have to buy a $500 pair of shoes every two weeks. I don't have to spend- Just once every three months. You know what I'm saying? You're an asshole. Like, like I, (laughs) like I, I, I don't have to, like my creature comforts are okay. I'm in, like I'm okay with real life is I could be doing. do you so- have two jobs I have I do a lot of shit yeah so you have um, multiple jobs I know right. Vinny
2: you have a business and a, a full-time job right do you have multiple jobs Margaret
1: I have a full-time job and I have my own company baby yeah
2: I have yeah. two well actually three jobs we're all in New York, just yeah. working like slaves. But yeah,
4: the system's designed to keep those down, down, and to keep those up, up. And most of the yeah. people are down.
1: And bringing this back to politics, this is why I do, even though all these things, like I I, I, I think it will be extremely hard for like Elizabeth Warren to win an election or Bernie Sanders. I still, that, those systems, the systems that like those people would have, leading four years in the office would systemically change the landscape for americans for the better which is why i still i still hope they will win like those are the candidates that i support financially and otherwise like that's so radical
4: that everyone else that's you know still kind of on the trump side of things is not ready for that radical change like they're not prepared for it and they don't want it Fuck them counterpoint
1: counterpoint though but do they just want any radical change because that explains like a, a, a Bernie Trump voter, right?
4: What do you mean a Bernie Trump voter? Yeah,
1: the, so okay, so um, a lot of the people when Bernie Sanders dropped out of the race, who were originally polling that they would vote for Bernie in the mm-hmm. presidential direction, presidential election, voted for Trump. It, people, a lot of people especially poor whites in America want an anti-establishment candidate which is why they voted for Donald Trump mm-hmm. amongst all other reasons and disregarding all the harmful effects of a Trump mm-hmm, president right. Mm-hmm. right they want they know the system doesn't work for them they don't have the language to say it they don't know how Donald Trump would harm them they just see him as an anti-establishment candidate also, which is what he is Bernie not. he's totally
2: pro-establishment absolutely but, but also but they wait, wait 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 but, but
3: they aren't able to discern yeah. that within his
2: rhetoric exactly. but also not. you have to keep in mind that if they don't have that language that means that they that's don't understand right. the political landscape so donald trump was already sold to them because he was uh, the the host of the apprentice yeah. so they've yeah. seen him as the character of someone that's bossy and making exact decisions for the betterment and he was also the whole show was centered
3: around raising money for charity
2: mm-hmm.
0: like yeah. people don't and, understand yeah. that oh, and, and,
3: and, just, and, <laughs> and just like tony morrison said the, a lot of his voting base was white backlash. Yeah. They were just, yeah. li- they yeah, were yeah, just yeah. literally tired of looking at a bra- black or brown face in the office, sleeping in the White House, on the sheets of the White House. The, the people that worked there had to cook their dinner, all that kind of stuff. And I think, a lo- I think a lot of us, and I have recognized it, being outside of the South, being at a certain level of education and cultural exposure, I think a lot of us, like we were talking about before we got started, we sit and live at a particular position of privilege. The people around us are not ignorant. The people around us are not hateful. And we sometimes assume that everyone is where we are and everyone is, they've been through it. Or that and they know so better. better. Right. Right. Or, or they're in much, shit. You know, and, and I, I told one woman on... Um, Facebook one day I said I don't mean any harm I said but you're going to have to read a few more things before you can battle me on she, the, she the, 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 the particular topic I said you cannot talk to a person um, about algebra and trigonometry if they haven't mastered arithmetic or if they don't even know how to count the yes. arithmetic that's what I'm saying if you don't know the order of operations I know arithmetic <laughs> if, 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 if you don't know the order of operations yeah. in like yeah. 3 times 2 divided by 5 minus 6 equal if you don't know what section to work PEMDAS. on right if you don't know what for what section to work on first? You're never going to have a conversation with a qu- about a quadratic equation. So, so and, but
2: they don't even understand that, right? They because, just see you as a black person <laughs> complaining, right, and, and right. they want you to shut the right. fuck up because so, you're making them uncomfortable. And so, yeah. in
3: those moments, mm-hmm. I just send them clips of Jane Elliott.
2: Thank you, someone that could Be- because talk to them. because
3: she is not she is not as offensive because her her skin is white. She is a woman. And a lot of times when I talk to people, I understand that they are listening to me through the filter of my skin, and there's a certain level of apprehension or trepidation when I start talking because my skin is brown.
2: Exactly. I'm even going through this with my therapist, and my therapist is like, things happen, and you have a tendency to not speak up in the moment. You want to take time to assess your feelings and not react, and then by the time you are fully aware what your feelings are you have suppressed it so much that you don't even know what to do because you know everyone's moved on and Mm -hmm. you know it'll take me like a week or so to process some shit you know if I'm mad about something that that was said to me over the summer I can't like approach the person like hey what you said to me July 17th at 3pm I should punch your lights out like I can't Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that so what I have to learn how to do is say hey this is how I feel this is what this is the situation you know not necessarily doing it in a way that's going to escalate it but i need to be able to communicate effectively that certain behaviors or certain things that are being said are inappropriate Mm -hmm. regardless of that person's status or whatever because i'm always in my head about the fact that i try to tell people things Mm -hmm. and they're looking at it as if i'm just trying to ruin their day or because they never get it from anyone else mm-hmm. and in a way it's just it's better like if you're in a situation where it's just like few people for you to like rally with if even one person is not willing to challenge the environment yeah. it just makes it so much harder for everyone else
3: right and and th- there was an article that I read a while back about and I deal with this about the danger of like the silent, hey, I agree with what you said in the meeting. But bitch, you ain't say yeah. shit in the meeting. Yeah. You sat there and watched me get roasted. Yeah. A, f- a friend of mine told me Mm-mm. a while back, he said, because I come from a South Pentecostal tradition, um, I left the Pentecostal church in 2005. I'm glad that I was able to get out with my mind intact. A friend of mine was saying, I so love your voice. You you speak out. You don't attack any individual. I don't. I attack institutionalized Religion, the institution of religion, and I said, "Thank you for your support." I said, "But I don't want to be Nina Simone." He, 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 he said, "He said, what does that mean?" I said, "I'm always talking about this, talking about that." I said, "But y'all sit in the closet and you sit in church pews. You don't say yeah. anything. You don't talk to the kids that are I'm being." I'm not molest- your fucking molest- spokesperson. And, and yeah. I, I said, "I said ultimately, when Nina Simone stood up and gave up her life and gave up her fortune, her finance, her career to move us further." No, no one repaid the favor when she was a bag lady in France. Yeah. White, white people mm-hmm. went and found her. White people got her back working. White people got her medical assistance. White people got her housing. But the black elite did not go fight for her, just like the black elite didn't go fight for Eartha Kitt when she stood up against Lady Bird Johnson and said, well, mm-hmm. we don't need to plant trees in inner cities. We need to deal with the fact that police are killing young black men in inner mm-hmm. cities. So I'm, I'm just like... When when are people going to, like, take the risk and be vulnerable and be open? Are you just going to keep your head down and keep your mouth shut and keep your bills paid? And by bills paid, that means a brand new car every two years like mm. your lease is up. oh so i need the 2020 lexus yeah mm-hmm. my 2018 is a piece of shit now because it's not socially accepted like stuff like that yeah it's just uh, it's, it's a, a problem it's all the it's system. a problem yeah. because which, which, what
2: which, you when you raise a problem especially to older people there for me it's like i'll say hey you can't do that and then the response is, oh, but I've been doing it for so long and I've done it in front of multiple p- black people and they've never said anything. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's like a clusterfuck. Like I can't be, I can't be Batman for like the black people of the future who might come into the situation.
3: Yeah.
1: And I
2: can't
3: fix can. what. That, that's That's why I said for me, the root of it is don't, Die while you're doing good shit.
1: Don't let the light burn out. Yeah. Just,
3: just keep your lamp trimmed and burning, and work from a place of gra- Especially grass because Nobody likes a bush. Okay, um, maintenance. Um, keep your like, keep literally, keep your lamp trimmed and burning. Yeah. The time is drawing nigh. If someone calls upon you to speak from your experience. Don't clam up. Talk talk about your situation. And so many people are just not equipped to stand up for themselves, let alone someone else. Because literally, this nation breeds like followers. It breeds obedient people. Oh yes. It, it you know yeah. uh like complacent. And when yeah. you're
2: not obedient, because I've always been viewed as like a know, a whistleblower. Mm-hmm. Me too. Because yeah. I call shit <laughs> yeah. out. Like yeah. I literally had. <sighs> Stuff's coming out today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I literally made a lot of enemies at uh, the university I went to to the point where I had a black professor my senior year said that he would make sure that I never worked in the entertainment industry again. Um, oh,
1: oh, wow, wait,
2: do I remember his name?
3: If you don't, that's, that's fine. I, that, I yeah. blacked
2: out uh, Jonathan Wilson, that's his name, mm-hmm. asshole. Look at me now. Anyway.
1: (laughs) um, Look at him now. No, but like,
2: it was just weird because it's like, the shit was happening. And I would say, hey, this is happening. It's not supposed to happen. And the administration would be like, oh, we should look into that. But then as soon as, you know, people will find, you're just making this really difficult for people here. And it's like, it's my fault. Like there's a problem. Yes. I'm pointing yeah. out the problem so it could get fixed. Right. This
1: happened to me this week. So this week at my high school, mm-hmm. there my old high school, um, in southern Illinois, which mm-hmm. we can paint a picture of what that might be like. Um <laughs> uh,
2: What'd you say? Reantoul. Yeah.
1: Um, so uh horrible. There was uh A terrible racist incident at my high school not very surprising Uh, it's a large public high school 2,500 students uh, pulling from like a lot of rural areas with a very small population of uh, black students maybe like 8 to 10% Mm -hmm. majority white students right Mm -hmm. Um, terrible incident and the first response to it from the administration at my high school was basically be using like the language that minimizes the act of what a racist incident is, which is to call it like uh, offensive or inappropriate, right? The first statement they put out did not label anything as racist, it didn't Label the actual thing, and like, what happened is that there was like a car, like the N word was written on it. It was shared wildly on Snapchat, and what happened? The students were agreeing or disagreeing, and there was lots of fights happening. So it was like really a bad situation. A white student was threatening to bring a gun to school. Like it was very bad, right? Who owned the car? So what? Who, Who owned
2: the car? Was it a black person?
1: Uh, it was a, I believe it was a black student's car, um, and it, the the what was written on it was we hate N words. How um, is that not racist? Right. So it is. It is that right? That's so, peak racism. Yeah, it is that. So the first statement didn't include anything about that. It also didn't let us know like if anything was like if there there were any action items or like tangible change. So Mm -hmm. like I sent this letter to my high school principal and I like sent it around to some friends, like some friends that like work in like diversity, equity and inclusion work. Like I was Mm -hmm. just like, I don't think I should be the only one looking at this because like obviously like I'm just like I'm like one like whatever i do with my work like i'm one 25 year old white lady and i was like i i would like some other people to look at this when i'm like proposing these changes right Right. and you also don't live
3: in that environment daily
1: and i don't right so i was like and i'm not there all the time i'm not in this community as much anymore right so i sent this letter and it was basically just like one I, i would like this to be labeled as a racist incident because that's what it was and i was like i want like recognition that like my our high school has like a racist culture which like most high schools do Mm -hmm. especially in our area it's not anything really unique to us we live in a system of oppression and racism Mm -hmm. and like listed out some like proposed changes that I thought could happen I was like I was like have space on campus for students to talk about this. Like, have an assembly about it. Give students the language to talk about this to each other. I was like, have space for students of color to talk with each other with, like, a licensed professional present. Uh, start a task force, like, about diversity, equity, and inclusion at in the school. Make changes. Like, let us know about what those goals would be. And I made, like, a list of demands. It sounds like you and were I
2: speaking a different language to them. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah. <laughs> I sent it to
1: him, and uh, to be honest, my principal is actually like, really receptive to it. He was mm-hmm. like, thank you, Margaret. And he was like, you know, actually, uh, some of these changes are actually probably going to be put into place. And he was like, I uh, sent an updated statement, all this stuff. And so I posted the letter that I wrote on Facebook and I was like, hey, this is what I'm doing because I think it's important for other people to know so they can maybe see that language and say they agree, disagree. Maybe they'd want to say a similar thing, Mm -hmm. right? But how
2: powerful would it be if you were able to inspire other white people to speak up? That's what I'm saying. I find that it's rare that white people speak up about racism when they
0: see it.
1: Right. So that's another thing. So anyway, so I put this on Facebook and some people were like, thank you for this. And actually there was like a lot of good things happening in the comments. Like some girl commented, she's like, oh, I do this kind of work for a living and here's some things I actually think could be better. Great. Awesome. But then mm-hmm. I also got messages that were just saying like messages or comments messages direct, messages to, you. direct to me uh-huh. like publish
2: that shit make it public.
1: Yeah, maybe. But anyway, basically really like not understanding what the intent of my letter was or not understanding why I would do that. Why would I be mean to that? Why would I be so mean? Like, I have no idea what it's like to work in a school these days. All we can do is teach kids to like, love each other. And I was like, all that it, being, I, I totally understand working in a school is so hard. It's so difficult. You are tasked with providing a space for It's It is the hardest job in the world to work in a school. But I was like, I'm I'm not I'm not calling out one any specific person. I was like I'm calling out an institution and I'm providing ways that I think it could be better because mm-hmm. I think it's ne- it's imminent. It's 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 necessary and it's now.
3: Yeah, so what 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 you basically were stoking was their fragility. <sighs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone everybody, everybody wants to be noble. I hate it. Nobody wants to be lumped in with the, the those am people that so are right. Right. Just just rage right now. Just like and, and it's it's still it's the trickle down of white Americans that didn't particularly support the Ku Klux Klan, but at the same time, they didn't want black people to have equality. They didn't want black people to live in happiness. So they were like... Or like freedom of speech. Yeah, or they they clasped their hands and they said, I am not that type of white person. I don't murder Negroes. But at the same time, you don't want them to be happy or you don't want to actually dismember the Klan. So what what you were doing was you were you allowed it to happen yeah you, you 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 were picking at their fragility in that school and you were also ultimately peeking at their ego and saying i'm not a part of anything this bad it's yeah. those people on that side of campus that allow this to be painted on this car and a lot of times if you if you it takes a lot of wordsmithing and it takes a lot of crafting To write those types of letters so that no one feels attacked. And I learned that my. That's what pisses me off. And who has that kind of energy? Right. It's exhausting, but sometimes you have to do it. I didn't learn that until my social media status started to grow and people from outside of my cultural experience started to read what i said so my southern jargon my gay jargon mm. general colloquialism that work with my friends people are like well wait what does that mean my general the, mm. the the i don't explain shit to people anymore the the, the biggest problem i have is when well, you have to sometimes So no sometimes you do depending on how they come how how they come at you i mean if but someone's if, like quentin if,
2: can you explain or why this is offensive, because I generally want to know. Mm-hmm. I will provide links. I Like, I'm pro-educating people. But when it comes to, especially with something that I post, like if I post a video of, hey, th- th- I remember I posted the video of um, the fake rent-a-cop Fucking attacking that twelve-year-old girl for like leaving the school. Mm-hmm. Did you see that bullshit? Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. People were like, "Oh, well, she shouldn't have." And it's just like, I all this is what I'll give them. Especially with uh, what you were talking about with the school. It's like you realize that instead of like, I know you're you're trying to your heart's in the right place, or whatever. But you essentially in your argument, you're literally ignoring the fact that a crime just happened mm-hmm. to a black person
3: right but but again but again that's a different situation because you're dealing with social media which is a complete beast of randomness yeah. she's dealing with this one school one principal one yeah, staff team. faculty and, and a student body You know what I'm saying? so some, sometimes you do have to meter out how much you can like how much energy you can spend so yeah. i but, but it's all exhausting ultimately but sometimes yeah. you take a deep breath and you fight on you you know yeah. like and and i learned that some of the things like I can go on your page mm-hmm. and you can like write something about something, something, mm-hmm. or like these salt and pepper shakers, and I can be like, "Bitch, respect these fucking salt." Right, and right. Pepper shakers. We have a and, salt and pepper joke. And, and somebody else will think that we're arguing.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, sure, right? You, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. You know what
3: I'm saying? So when I started, when people started paying attention to my page and stopping by, and I would just be talking about stuff, especially the black church, I got a lot of flack on the like black church. I would get inboxes that be like, "Die faggot." Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. tired of all y'all attacking the yid. We just want to serve God and some, so, you know. So I never
2: get that. I usually get African women telling me not to be gay.
3: <laughs> oh no, no! <laughs> let me tell you, oh so. side, don't S- be
2: gay, Quentin. S- just because it's a trend doesn't mean you have to be gay. It's no, like side. All right, I gotta suck my man's dick. Mm- all right, hello,
3: <laughs> right. <laughs> listen to completion. But like some, but I listen. On, on that note, I have I have dealt with some <laughs> African women. Who have said, "Oh no, honey, I can fix you." Oh, oh no, honey, you just need to try this. I'm like, girl, you can pull out all your tricks. <laughs> your jaw will dismant- your jaw will dissolve, <laughs> and nothing will work. You know, so, so you know, so again, you you have you have to know where like your fight is, yeah. and that's that's why I was telling my friend's brother, just don't just don't wear out and don't die as you're trying to yeah. do the right uh, thing and you know, it's I'm wearing out, out and I'm dying people.
4: like it's all like as exhausting as it is to kind of if you don't
3: know, like, like, talk uh, to that goddamn mic this is the fourth time Ryan. you've opened your
2: mouth the <laughs> <off. laughs> last episode of this goddamn podcast <laughs> but if you don't like take
4: the time as exhausting as it is to educate the people like it's no one else is going to you know what I mean like if yeah, you have the moment it's right. so like I have a older white male family member right how old like 61 62 okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like oh no better when black panther came out he, he was like i don't get it like it's just another superhero movie like why is it such a big deal it's just like black panther superhero and i'm like do you remember that's actually kind of cute
3: well mm, in a corrosive kind of yeah. way but go ahead so, well, uh, I thought he
2: was going to say, oh, why is Black Panther here? I fucking hate. No, it wasn't
4: yeah. like an attack on the yeah. movie, but it was just like, a, why is this so special? I don't get it. And I was like, do you remember in the 80s when Rocky came out, like how fucking pumped Italians were? Yes. And he's like, oh, yeah. 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 He's like, that was the best movie. And I was like, well, this is like rocky for african Americans. Oh, look God. at you uh, low-key
1: black Panther's so much better than rocky though Lisa, it's like, Lisa, <laughs> but a, yeah yeah
4: a, teacha- a teachable like, moment yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
3: and then he's
1: like that's oh. good he's like
4: it's like but yeah but this is rocky and this black, you know different and i was like yeah but this is what it, the, that emotion
2: is yeah. like what it we means never we ne- never ever in my life did i think Cause we've, I had during my childhood, I had there were black superheroes, but they were like Blank Man and um, Static Shock. Wait, what'd you say? Static Shock. Yeah, and yeah. like uh, the Vampire, not played oh. by Denzel Washington. Wesley uh, Snipes, Blade. Blade. Oh. Oh yeah. Like we had like yeah. little, but the movies weren't. On this, they were never produced at the same level yeah. as like the big budget yeah. shit. Yeah, right. When Black Panther came out, it was mm. already part of this multi million dollar, billion dollar universe. It was like join us, and it was like mm. you, like it was yeah. just unlike anything I've ever experienced in my fucking
3: life. Listen, let me tell you, Black for for me, Black Panther was an amazing moment. Um, my friends and I all got dressed. I was in like we did too. I was so like fun. I was like in African attire. <laughs> I mean, it was like a leather riding boot, but it was everything was like African. <laughs> That's so fun. And, and people in the theater, like literally, we, we my friends. I normally go to one to the theater at um, Regal Cinema down like toward uh, Tribeca. And we like it because oh yeah. We like it because you can pick your seat in the seats or leather so you don't have to worry about bed book. Um but <laughs> we were there and literally people were standing in line to take their picture by the like the black advertising and people were like, I will take your picture, go ahead, girl. Oh, you look good. So it was like community. Was community. Oh, that's so yeah. good. Was yes. Community. And then I won't call her out her name. I don't know her. I never work with her, but Daniel Palenko called a lot of shit. She is a dancer. And choreographer stuff and she caught a lot of shit. She's Latino. She caught a lot of shit because she was like, I mean, I mean, it's Black Panther, but like black people, oh, y'all doing so much with like celebrating at the movie. Y'all doing too much. I'm like, girl Why are you hating? Girl, you you're, you're you're a brown person. And on top of that, you have built almost all of your coins dancing in black hip hop videos. Yeah, so and you make a lot of money in the well, not a lot of... You gain a lot of notoriety from pick uping the black ballroom scene and stuff like that. So it's, it's like, again, don't die out while you're doing the right thing. And there's no reason to knock that also. Right.
2: Yeah. I don't understand the knocking. Uh. I don't get it. No, and be- I have a co-worker. Uh. Every time they see someone, a group of people that they're not a part of having a great time or celebrating some shit. Like, why, 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 what is it? Who cares? Who cares? I just want to shut your unhappy ass the fuck up.
3: I I tell people, you ain't going to piss or shit out nothing I eat. So don't worry about anything that I'm doing. As long as I'm not taking the fry off your plate, then let it be. But we're not trained to do that because Mm -hmm. again, our educational system uh, teaches people to be a good employee. Mm -hmm. It teaches people to, to, to be decent and you're a good person and mm. don't book the system. Yeah. Right.
1: Employee, that that's that's right. You yeah, know
3: that's what
2: the word citizen means. It means employee. Oh doesn't mean like a, a member of a particular yeah. group. It means employee. Like it means that you work for the country.
3: And, and and a lot of people ask me why do I watch like documentaries about like I have uh, no the, clue why this song like, is on, but keep like going. The, um, I love it. Like uh, the <laughs> the English monarchy or why do you watch videos about like rulers and stuff like that because i want to be i want to stay sharp on how things came to be listen like 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 when i watch the crown i'm not watching the crown because they're amazing actors Mm -mm. they they are amazing
1: actors they are so good but
3: that's not the root of why i'm watching it i'm watching it so i oh okay this is okay she was actually taught that she only answers to god as a queen Mm -hmm. of england so you don't have to answer to anyone else and just like um you know when you don't have information, you get duped and you get you get know, sold anything. Yeah, I, I was making a comment about um, Kanye the other week, and just another example of lack of information. He was saying, "I love Jesus Christ, I love S-s-s-s-s-s-s. I love the Sistine Chapel," and I posted on Facebook. I was like, "Wait, how is he in his Sunday service, basically presenting Protestantism?" but you're gonna say that you love the Sistine Chapel. Those two don't go together. Yeah, the actual content that you're singing does not support what the Sistine Chapel believes. And someone on my page is like, what are you talking about? He can't believe. I was like, girl, also, if you- I was like, but girl, The, the 300- person that
2: was clapping back at you, I'm sure felt a certain way when the first time she saw him wearing, this is what I don't get. Everybody flipped out about him in that goddamn MAGA hat, being best friends with, with Trump.
3: Yeah. Now,
2: mm-hmm. all of a sudden, Sunday service, people breaking their necks to go to those goddamn events.
3: Well, that's the control of religion and indoctrination. And again, what what is the root of what you're talking about? How are you going to say, I love the Sistine Chapel? And this one girl, she was like, I, say, oh, I said, how is he, the root of what he speaks from is Protestantism but he's gonna reference Catholicism and she was like he didn't say anything about Catholicism I was like girl if you don't fucking google the Sistine Chapel and look who lives there and who (laughs) presides there
4: look who lives there but also like keep it 300 like the Romans the 300 was the Greeks that always bothered me exactly
3: But again, yeah. again, people. Yes,
2: oh, people don't have information. I'm learning shit left and right. Being married Eleanor. to this goddamn uh, history teacher, like I'll just be like, wait, Ken, what is that thing about? Well, in fourteen, blah, 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 and he's just like talking, yeah. talking. And I'm just like, I didn't learn any of this shit.
3: Listen, information empowers you. Um, going back to Michelle Obama, I think I don't remember where it was, but she was talking to young women. And she was saying, I don't care what anyone tells you, education empowers you the most. Yeah. She said, I don't care what she said. It's not money. It's not people clapping for you. It's not a husband or a partner. It's not likes. No. she, She said, knowing stuff, I will phrase it, knowing shit for yourself is the only thing that will empower you. Like one day I was getting on the train. I was going to the train. I had a big tote bag. That didn't zip up You can see that it was like Clothes and shit I was coming from a rehearsal So the policeman decides To pick me out Now there were people Going ahead of me With backpacks Knapsacks Duffel bags and shit But he said Hey we need to uh, Pick your bag I don't know why He looked at me Because it was Harlem Everybody going on the train Was black I told him I said You don't have to look At my bag I said but you can Follow me up the street I said I know that If I don't allow you To search my bag I can't get on the train But I can walk Five more blocks And get on the train He was like go ahead I knew my rights in that moment a a lot of people would have stood there and been at the least inconvenience, missing the train you gotta wait for the next because they don't know their rights because they don't have information education is at the end of it it's the only thing that allows you peace of mind because you can look at ignorant person and say oh they're just wrong that didn't actually happen that way versus saying oh my god what is he talking about did it happen that way when you have information or you have the skill set of research you know how to look at something and say mm, let me write that down that's why they were like that's why they
2: were like Wikipedia is not a source I remember we could not use Wikipedia yeah no that's not a source it needs to be like I had one teacher I was like you need to have two sources to back up this point mm-hmm. now it's just you just need a meme
1: this is, this is one of the reasons why, like, I think a renaissance of, like, perspective and diversity in Ivy Leagues is important, though, because, like, for better or worse, hopefully we'll be in a, a future soon that is less focused on, like, I don't know, uh, elitism, I guess, right? Like, we, we can all realize that there are other schools besides the Ivy Leagues that are, like, bastions of academics and great things are happening there with research and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I still think, like... I I want I want a a future where the Ivy Leagues or you know Oxford or or Reed Hall in Paris is is a place with like diversity of thoughts and that requires a lot of like really tricky stuff but like I I want those perspectives to be there
3: okay so for me I would like to ask this is like double dutch
1: I would like to ask what is your
3: (laughs) what is your hope rooted in
1: I guess my hope, what is my hope rooted in? My hope is rooted in like resources being, my hope is real, in in knowing that the resources that are available at those places is, is knowing that being able to access those resources can boost you, being able to, to, to realize the, like, to realize things that you would like to make in a way that it is not possible places that are mm-hmm. less resourced. Mm-hmm. And I just think like with those resources, it, it, it it's not to say that anything is possible, mm-hmm. but so much is possible when you can be given a grant for you know $10,000 to go study something mm-hmm. because you're just at a school with an extremely large endowment. Mm-hmm. Like I want places with those large endowments for, for people to be able to benefit from them who should be able to benefit from that?
3: Yeah. And, and, and I'm asking that because I like to hear yeah. what people draw from. For me, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so sweet of her. Mm-hmm. That's so nice of her to have that And my days are when, over with that. You no, know, but I'm, I'm literally, from having talked to high school kids who actually don't know anything about life beyond 12th grade other than getting a minimum wage job. So, yeah, no, so 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 right. so actually having the access to know that there are there some some high school kids you if you type if you write out grant yeah on the board they yeah. will be like what?
1: Yeah. yeah that's right. You know what I'm
3: saying? So so for the that's why I'm i I'm just and it's great learning how people think for me I'm like child just let me help teach these people about themselves and yeah. one, and once they get this building block we can start at another year. because so many of us again because of our privilege the four of us yeah. having this conversation i was saying this with my friends a while back the conversation that we're having it's rooted in privilege yeah it's steeped in privilege like one of my classmates um, when i was in school he was like i don't somebody pissed him off i don't play that shit i'm a g i don't i, I don't get down i'll fuck some shit up i said sir you're not a g you ain't gangster. You just left the registrar to check on your audit to make sure you're gonna fucking graduate on time. You're not a G. You sit at a different place of privilege. Exactly. You got a bank account. You got a credit card. You like you're yeah. living on campus. You know you're gonna, you're gonna sleep every night. You know while many many kids like I just read an article about CUNY students here in New York. Many of them deal with homelessness. When a friend, yeah. of, a friend of mine, her name is Stacy Rose, she's an amazing playwright. She sent me an article where she was in grad school at NYU, and it talked about the number of students at NYU that were homeless, Yeah, because mm-hmm. they could only afford tuition. So they took showers in their friend's dorm. They slept in Washington yeah. Park. Mm-hmm. They ate where they could, and stuff like you know. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. that's why I was actually like, what is that hope rooted in? Yeah. And it's weird, and because how
2: yeah. do they... It's, just, it's like, how can we expect them to succeed knowing that they're probably going to come out of... Likely going to come out of college in debt? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because setting, yeah. I was completely fucked when I graduated and had to start paying... But, but listen, yeah.
3: let's back up. Mm-hmm. Before you graduate... Yeah. What the fuck are you eating Monday? Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. people who... Like, sl- yeah. yeah pe- like, I, I, I was... I, went to, I was a non-traditional student. I went to school at 25. That's when mm-hmm. I started college. Um, and I, because you had class during the day, rehearsal for the plays and everything at night, I couldn't work a job. I had to go yeah. back home live mm-hmm. with my mom and there were literally some days where I only ate because my professors gave me money or I had to, I performed at something for a department and there was mm-hmm. like a banquet situation. Yeah. Like the, so I, I know specifically what it's like for people to talk about graduation with a certain level of optimism mm-hmm. where I was like, shit, I'm trying to learn these lines and my fucking stomach is growling.
0: Mm-hmm. So that's where
3: I am as even with all the privilege that I have today, um, I normally try to remember that I'm privileged or that yeah. I know. Like when I moved to New York, there were a group of people that graduated from my school or other artists that I had worked with or people that I had networked with through my professors that helped take care of me. Yes. I always tip my hat to people who have that story. I moved to New York with a duffel bag and $500. Mm, that's me. I would not have been able to make it. That's me. I, Honestly, I yeah. would have gone back home. If I didn't have like people... So I'd be like, you're going to make it here. Like one of my friends, Zanya, um, when I first met her, she was like, let's go out. We chit-chatted. We talked. She slid me like $60 and she gave me a Metro card for the week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I could I could get back and forth to auditions. I could get back and forth to John. I have reviews. so many similar and,
2: stories to that. Yeah. yeah.
3: So so that that's why I was asked, yeah. like, what, what is that You're so right.
1: And I And this is definitely, this is 5%. Mm-hmm. Of high school students, I'm talking about. This yeah. is like this is the this is n- n- absolutely not a solution to a macro level problem at all. This is like this is this is one student at a high school yep. that could get this kind of thing. This is one student. Yeah, but again, so that, yeah, but, but yeah, again, I just want to.
3: That goes back to what I was saying yeah. when my friend's brother asked, "What do we do?" Mm-hmm. I said, "Don't get tired in doing the right yeah. thing. Don't get tired in writing that letter for that one student. Yeah, keep so right, right. going. I mean, just like just like the, little, the the little boy Jordan in yeah. the the viral clips where the little gay boy where he." slaps the shit out of the bully you know what i'm saying like that's that's one kid who decided to stand up he needs all the fucking support he He can can get i I fought every week at the court in my neighborhood i never fought at school because i was not about to have my mama called to the school and she had to get off work and lose some money because i was fighting so I, i normally figure that out but i grew up fighting all the time i was tall skinny effeminate you know, so I, I had to struggle to like keep up and wear the right shoes and the right clothes. and it, You know, so that's why I was asking that. But specifically, again, don't I can't say it enough. Just don't get tired. Mm-hmm. Like keep on fighting. All right, Daryl. Daryl. I keep calling you Daryl. I'm sorry.
2: Daryl. Daryl. Okay. Daryl. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's just that slow bus. We got to meet me. Um, Here's a question I've been trying to ask for like 10 minutes. Um. Mm-hmm. What do you do when, because I feel, there's a quote, and you well, you probably know this quote by heart, um, but I'm gonna first kind of say what the experience is, and then you'll know what quote I'm talking about. It says that when you are a minority, and you're learning about the truth of the country, and how it's oppressed you, and things in your past where you thought that maybe you were in the wrong, and then you realize that you actually were the victim, you, the more knowledge you get about the truth because you're mm-hmm. talking about learning, learning, learning. There's anger that comes with that. Mm-hmm. What do you do with that anger?
3: You don't internalize
2: it. Because the quote is uh, to be black and woke in America is to... That was Baldwin. He, Baldwin. he, said, Baldwin. Yeah. he,
3: said, he said to be aware and... He said to be aware of the things that are going on around you as a black person in America means you are almost always enraged. Yes. What mm-hmm. education and information does, it keeps you from internalizing it and making you feel inferior. Like when Ball, to continue on mm-hmm. Ball, when he said, I don't know. He said, I'm not a nigger. He said, y'all, white folk, y'all invented it because you needed a nigger. So the category, the categorization of race, was invented by powerful Europeans. Yes. The social construct. Right. To remove the cognitive dissonance in their brain mm-hmm. as they looked at African human beings being sold as cattle. Mm-hmm. Right. So what you do is you take that information and you say, "I did not do anything to earn mm-hmm. this type of treatment." So what education does mm-hmm. it allows you to look at things? To you don't look through a glass darkly. You say, "Oh, that's what it was." Mm-hmm. They wanted, they wanted free labor. Mm-hmm. They. Capitalism. So, so they went and took a group of people, but ultimately, you don't break down because you don't internalize it. Right. Yes. It. You might get mad for a few days, just like people. I'm a cancer. Just, it's never a few days. Just like, when, <laughs> just, just like when people talk about certain movies. Oh, I could not watch movies that are rooted in reach. I can't watch slave movies. You that.
2: need to to
3: learn, honey. It happened. It happened. Like, like I mean. There are some things that I don't ever want to see in a film or Ugh. on stage. I don't ever want to see a woman raped or abused in a film. That can be implied. So that you're can not be, watching Hammie Still? I've actually never watched. I'm not a big TV person, but there are some things I don't want to see. Mm. Like like in in The Help, I love oh. I love how they showed Octavia. Uh, Spencer, Butler? oh, uh, Butler? One is a sci-fi. One is, author, one, is, one, and one is the, is the, the actor. Octavia Spencer, actress. in the scene, don't get bad. my podcast like, canceled. In, <laughs> the, in the scene where she was, uh, she got fired because she made the pie with the shit in mm-hmm. She was talking to about lives on the phone, and she leaned against the wall, and she slid down the wall as her husband came in screaming, and they cut away from it. That's enough for me. I don't want to see a woman getting beat, a out or raped in a film. That's just me. I don't believe in censorship, but I'm not going to pay to see that in a movie. Yeah, and I film. know
2: what I can and can't take. Because uh, after I saw when they see us, mm-hmm.
3: I wasn't able to finish that.
2: I, I had, I mean, my court. I was with Courtney. She was sitting. I was cooking, and she was watching it. We had my laptop, and we were just watching it. And I was just like, ooh, let me see if this bathroom needs to be cleaned. Ooh, let yeah, me. No, I, like, I was just, I was completely fucked up after I watched what I watched.
3: Yeah, I watched, and I consider myself to be okay. I feel like I'm desensitized, but I literally, I just could not watch the entire series. I'm glad for the success of it, but I don't, I made it through two episodes, and that was it. And I don't because- think it
2: was designed for us necessarily watch it I feel like that would have been beneficial for people who don't understand racism to watch right and they, they're not watching it
3: but, 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 but for me ultimately it bothered me because I knew that while I was watching that at 8 o'clock in the evening if I wanted to go to dinner and I got dressed and went to get on the train, if I said something awkward or wrong to a white citizen or a white policeman, I could have been dead because I was just going to dinner. So the probability and the proximity of all of the all yep. things in that film, mm-hmm. I could see if that happened 40 years ago and everything's been great since then. No. But it's not the it's case. Recent. You know? So even, even with my suggestion of education, don't internalize things... Like there's a song that uh, Ella Fitzgerald uh, sang, um, "I won't dance, uh, don't ask me." She said, "Heavens rest us, I'm not asbestos." She said, "I'm not Ooh. gonna." She said, "I'm not gonna dance with you, and you give me all hot under the collar that I gotta go home." So, with me saying that about education, not internalizing mm-hmm. things, in the end, we're still human, right? But the more information you have, the easier it is for you not to. The fall, more I, I learn, the more I want to fight right.
2: people. I have a vigilante complex, apparently. Anyway, Vinny, you got to say something. (laughs) What do you think? About what? Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening to the Nobody Dances (laughs) to Your Podcast. I really appreciate you you guys. (laughs) Um, Any final words before we go?
3: Okay, I do have one final
2: word. You got like 30 seconds.
3: Don't (laughs) place the burden of education on other people. Ooh. the same way we yeah. google celebrities the same way we google all this other shit we want to learn about i i told one i told one white person i said the next time you feel like you have a question for a marginalized person in america anybody oh my god type that question in the google search bar and spend you a couple of days by your fucking self. Just educating yourself. Oh, oh my God. People are so stupid. But, but but again, a lot of people don't know that that's a route that you can take. I was working with a student one Or time. they don't
2: think it's important enough to take that route.
3: Right. But, but no, when some people, some people get overwhelmed by the requirement of getting information, and they think you have to go sit in a library. I tell kids all the time, y'all got all this technology. When I was in elementary school... Middle school, it was a Dewey Decimal system. You took your ass to a wooden, card, wooden catalog, chest of, a wooden chest of drawers to find a number. Then you had to hope someone had put the back, put the, the book, book back, back on rip. the shelf, mm-hmm. like oh, all yeah. so that shit. So that, like, nobody nowadays is yeah. combing through microfiche. You can,
1: you can find like a uh, sophomore college student who's YouTubing about this, like in their yeah. dorm room, <laughs> and like you can learn yeah. a lot from that. Yeah. And lectures yeah. and yeah. shit. Yeah.
3: This Absolutely. Is just like...
1: Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. But like, also just like young, like young people. And then
2: people... Start. YouTube is so great because people who have access to stuff that was like recorded that you could only see if you had like the VHS yeah. tape of shit. They have yeah. put it on YouTube. So there's really no excuse for not having the knowledge. Like, you literally can get the true history of America
3: on any subject. Yeah. I... I'll rephrase it there. I won't say that. I don't know if I want to use the word excuse, like because I understand how people lack the skill set of like. Re- I get oh, what sure. you're saying, oh, but sure. I don't think that. You know. I
2: think people don't think that it's hard to. Wait, Vinny said this to me once because I was like complaining to him about some shit I was going through. Uh, You said that a uh, fish swimming in water doesn't know it's in water. Hurt.
3: Yeah. yeah
1: so. Oh, yeah, that's true.
3: Yeah.
2: He's wise. He ain't saying shit on this podcast, but he's wise, you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, And when he said that to me, I was like, well, he smoked a little. But uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) that might be it. He's just smiling.
2: (laughs) But uh, when he said it to me, it was like, you know what? If, and this is a hard pill to swallow, but if a person has been raised with a very specific view of the world, Mm -hmm. and if we take into account that racism is taught. Okay? Mm-hmm. what you do if I can't take a moment to see how they can think that their actions were okay or not see anything wrong with what they're doing then for my own mental health it doesn't really it's not going to sit well with me like I have to like if someone did something like this, us someone made like a black joke um, mm-hmm. in front of me and I got angry from it well mm-hmm. that person probably thought oh well quentin's here and i want to be funny in front of the group or like there's just a lot of just because a person does something that's racist doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to use their oh, yeah. their privilege or their position in life to destroy me because
3: right that's, every little thing, that's insensitivity
2: right right because yeah. every little thing it's just like Wait, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And in my head, I'm like, it's not like they're trying, they're out to get me or anything like that, but it feels like I'm dealing with a lot of, uh, they should know better and they don't type of situations.
3: You have to explain that to them. Yes. Yes. And that is exhausting. It is exhausting. but, but, But sometimes you have to spend that energy. And people know things as they know them. Like I put a post up about it's a black woman in Georgia and she last year got, she who was the person from Georgia that just died that died in, in Gingrich? I, I don't know who the fuck it was. Um, and I just put, I said, Herbing. I said, this has made my entire day. Someone came on the thread and was like, well, you know, this happened last year, right? I said, yes, there was, I said, there's the original date on the post. And Wait. there's the updated date when it was posted again. I said, is there some time limit on how, like how far out we can celebrate? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, I, I read the article that she was in office last year, and they're posting it again, but they were posting it for awareness so that people right. can continue to be a part of voting and policymaking. Right. You don't just vote one time in 2019. You don't vote again in 2030. But right. again, it's the climate of people, like through social media, through pop culture, all of that. And it's exhausting, but sometimes you have to take the time and walk people through things. Like, And I say we learn things as we do. For, right. for, for instance, I grew up in the Black South being proud of being Black, Right. but because of a lack of education for the people around me, we were not proudly African or descendants of African. Yeah, the term African booty scratcher that. was an insult. Yeah. And it wasn't until my junior year in high school that mm-hmm. my African American history teacher started to reroute my thought process, right. process around the diaspora, right? You know, so people and I didn't understand that until
2: them. I went to the museum in DC. I was like, oh. "What?
3: Well, I'm an African wow. in America."
2: <laughs> yeah, I love it. I've been three times. <laughs> I need to go again. Yeah, um,
1: I went. There's a really great section on New Orleans in there. Mm-hmm, it's really, mm-hmm.
3: really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, one one of my ah, f- nope, you're done. Sorry. Fire me. Fire. <laughs> uh
2: final words, everyone except Darrell.
4: I just think that if you're gonna try to create some sort of change, you have to really start from around your surroundings, okay. you know, in your community, mm-hmm. and then just mm-hmm. expand on it from there.
1: Yeah. And
4: that includes everything as far as just like, like you said, you walking down the street and you hear someone saying off, you know, mm-hmm. comment, mm-hmm. go up to them and you know talk to them about it, and mm-hmm. it's not so much attacking them. As it is, just embracing them, mm-hmm. and then explaining how you feel and why I might have been wrong.
3: Now but make sure you're safe. Now don't get your head busted open trying to. Yeah, Vinny's yeah. Yeah. about talk, that talk life. To a stranger,
4: <laughs> Italian. But then also, I mean, even as far as just like, be aware of what the system is and how it's you know kind of placed us, and don't support it. You know, mm-hmm. and that includes like supporting small businesses, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and not going to you know, maybe the CVS is like a block away, and then like the drugstore that's like the local drugstore is like five blocks away. Like push those extra four blocks. Cardio, yep. cardio, yeah, yeah. get it
2: in,
1: Margaret. I, I cried. Right, I cried in the movie theater when I saw Wonder Woman. <laughs> Nice. Cried a lot,
2: and oh, on this even though note, she was
3: wonderfully sexualized. But yeah,
2: uh, she was. I went to see Wonder Woman, and I am like getting my life because I'm just into it. I'm like, yes, get it. Da-da-da. I just loved everything about it. My husband, I've never talked about him this much at a fu- in a fucking podcast. My husband, the entire time. Was pointing out the historical inaccuracies. inaccuracies yeah. mm-hmm. And then afterwards, <laughs> I was oh, like, damn, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, it's just a combo. He was like, you don't understand. I, as a history teacher, have to deal with the students going oh, to see that. Right. And they're going to assume that because they are bringing up the world wars, those details, like, I have to. I'm just like, okay, but that's what you signed up for.
1: That's a good point. I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna check, I'm gonna check myself because that is a good point. Yeah. Young yeah, but, people but, but, will but, see it. And think but again,
3: Guillaume, don't wear, don't die while you're doing the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Why right. were her thighs out so much in the winter?
4: Well I think that was just like the original cartoon. Like.
3: Right, oh, but, but, yeah. but she was a yeah. superhuman. But from yeah. a place of sense and sensibility, she comes to this tropical island. And then she's over. All right, Why Darrell. Why the
2: thighs out? Thank you guys for
1: listening. I'm muscular and powerful. It's she's like a woman. She can wear whatever the
2: fuck she wants, Darrell.
3: <laughs> no, I'm
2: not talking about rights, but I like got, sense and I sensibility. want to end the podcast. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> My thighs are um, covered because it's cold outside. Questions, comments, concerns. Um, uh, you know where to find us. Take us to dinner. Benny, any you want to say like three more words? I love
0: this. (laughs) Stop. I'm fucking dead. We love Vinny.